Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast. Weekly insights into everything video. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everyone and welcome to the Pro Video Podcast. Today I have Lisa Shingles. She's a one-man band. She's working with a team, but she's the one that is shooting, planning, editing, colour grading, delivering. So we're going to cover all of these topics. I'm really passionate about people who are embracing all the roles and utilising all the tools that are available to them. And so I'm so stoked to have Lisa on the show. Thank you for joining us today, Lisa. Oh, thanks for having me, Blair. So do you want to take a couple of minutes and just explain uh, what your current role is and where you're working at the moment? Uh, sure. So I am working for a hospital um, and in a team of um, education designers. We are uh, hybrid <laughs> of skills, really. And I work with a team of, um, you know, a web developer, um, and then we have, you know, systems that focus on the LMS. So um, the LMS, which hosts uh, all of our education material. Um, we have experienced um, education designers that are very skilled in making sure that the content provides a blended learning or a mixture of education. And uh, we even have people that are, you know, educators, nurses that are on the ground giving us feedback about how content is working. That's awesome. And that's quite different from a lot of people who are making content to communicate, maybe selling a product or service. The content that you're producing is being used to train people. So this is, it needs to be obviously really accurate, but also Mm. engaging so that the information that they're taking on board as well. So what are the types of projects that you are creating and working on? Oh, so many different types. Um, I mean, we go from very specific pieces, which are like interviews, um, demonstrations, demonstration of processes or demonstration of like an interaction with a person in the in the team or, you know, with the patient. They're actually surprisingly quite um, easy to make in some ways because the people do these jobs over and over every day. So they're kind of well-versed in how they um, should ideally um, interact with their, you know, staff and peers, you know, surrounding them. And then we also do, you know, Vox Pops and um, I even do event footage of all sorts, uh, a really wide variety of content. That must make it a really enjoyable and interesting job to have that variety of different projects that you're working on. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> some are very, very short and some are quite long. But, I mean, that's that's kind of the nature of making content for a web, really, I think. Um, you have so many different um, places that these things go, so it's not just one channel. You know? So you were saying earlier about blended content. Would you mind uh, sort of elaborating on, on what that is? So is that that's video, but it's also a mixture of other media as well? Yeah, so the term blended learning is, um, it, it's been around for a little while. It's a, a bit of a piece of jargon really but uh, it's a modern um, I guess education theory which basically um, believes that we should have uh, a variety of mediums 
and um, we should be able to combine the, the practical hands-on um, experience and training style uh, with um, with others um, and that, that it can be complemented by other mediums such as video, uh, such as peer reviews or chats or, um, you know, even, even written form or, you know, um, still form. But it, it's like a mixture of uh, mediums that kind of come together. And when you're presented with content that you're going to be making, who are the team that are making the decisions that video is the right form for the information that needs to be created? Uh, it's kind of a because it's kind of a group discussion often. Um, but between our team, there'll be one person who might be managing the project, and they will lead um, our you know in clients as such through a workshop process. And um, we have like a three-stage process and that person will um, kind of gather the reason why we need it in the first place and then we meet internally and we discuss um, ideas and brainstorm how what mediums we might need. So usually just the head person who's managing that project and we would call them often the education designer um, but again, that's something that kind of develops through the workshop process of figuring out how to, uh, I guess, solve the problem there and, and try to help them figure out what problem they're trying to solve. Sometimes it's quite complicated. Yeah, I, can, I can't imagine going into some of these details. It'd be interesting to know from your perspective um, the process that you've found for creating a video like from the storyboard planning stage through to the edit or filming obviously then edit grade and delivery is there a process that you tend to follow or is it every project's a unique experience uh that's interesting uh i i would say every video is completely different but saying that i do have um certain uh, pieces that have worked well before and I'll go back to and say, hey, you know, for instance, um, I've had great success doing um, having nurses in the, in the patient room interacting with uh, the patient and filming that and with multicam, for instance, and just rolling and, and having several cameras set up at once, that seems to be a technique that works really well. Yeah, every piece is a bit different yeah. and you, ha- you have to be very flexible. Yeah. Uh, especially uh, in the hospital environment when you go out and shoot because you, nothing is planned. Uh, you, you, sometimes, I'll take that back, Things are planned, but when you get into the ward, <laughs> you might not know where your, lo- your location might change. Or yeah. um, So I, m- I must say over the last couple of years, I've developed um, a style where I have a lot of equipment and I try and be as flexible as possible and be aware of that. It sounds almost like a, um, a documentary style where you've got everything that you might possibly need and you're reacting to the situations Um depending on what the environment is. So having multicam seems like an obvious winner in that situation. Are you setting up all these cameras and the sound and all of this yourself, or or do you have some help with that as well? 
essentially, I do like to do the setup myself, uh, and then once I have make I've made sure that everything's lined up and everything's in focus, and I've double checked batteries and such. Uh, then I would, um, if I have the luxury of having a few extra people on set, um, I would, uh, you know, get a couple of people to um, stand behind the camera and, uh, you know, make sure that it's still rolling and have one person in the corner with the headphones on. Uh, th- that's sometimes a bit of a luxury, really, to have. Um, sometimes it's just me. <laughs> But I, I does make it a lot more, um, I guess, professional when you have uh, a, f- a full day of filming. That, that's pretty much essential, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely more of the norm now to have a one woman or one man band who are taking on all these roles and responsibilities. So there must be such a tiring day on those shoots, just thinking <laughs> about all the different aspects of it. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the fun part too. I, guess. I don't know. You get a bit of a rush from it and yeah. pretty happy at the end of the day. So, yeah. The adrenaline's <laughs> running. That's so cool. And then once you've had your shoot, uh, going back into the edit and syncing up all those cameras, and have you, what, what tools are you using? Are you using Premiere or Final Cut Pro X or what are you using to edit with? Uh, I use the Premiere suite and I have done for years now pretty much when the final cut um i think you guys used the term the old but <laughs> classic classic. Kind of final yeah. cut classic the other day and i laughed i'm like oh yeah <laughs> that's kind of yeah so i've been using premiere since and also um obviously with that i use uh after effects and i, I started also because i'm using a few different cameras i i've started using pluralized Pluralize. Um, Pluralize. It's a tongue twister. So that's from Red Giant. Yes, that's the one. That's the one. It's been very useful. Uh, what else? It's a pity that uh, Premiere doesn't have better hmm. sync on multiple shots, um, where Pluralize does really does so well with feeding multiple cameras with multiple shots and then just syncing them all up. It's quite cool to watch it realign all the clips yeah. and the audio and yeah. I think Premiere could step up a little bit more. Um, it is good with an audio sync, yeah. but not with when you're dealing with lots of content. Yeah, it's a lifesaver. I just can't believe how much time I've saved since I've started to um, <laughs> use it. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so are you doing a grade on this content or is it really just about trying to get the, the, the footage cut and processed as fast as possible? How much time have you got to really craft the videos? Uh, it depends. I mean, recently I did a kind of an orientation piece uh, and well, that was a series of 10 orientation videos plus another uh, quite large um, kind of piece called Excellence. Uh, and that was, you know, probably your higher end sort of piece. And in that case, I definitely did uh, color correction. And I, I've been using the, uh, what is it, Luma? Lumetri, yeah. Yes. 
So, um, Lumetri, that was introduced in a few versions ago, and it really has made color corrections so easy and accessible within Premiere, and then you can still modify your edit as well. <laughs> yeah, that's been great. And it has a nice um, white balance, and even just the last minute um, kind of you feel like touching up a red scarf or something like that or a blue shirt or uh, that's really great for branding I find as well it's quite quick so is that using secondary color selection and lumetri yes that's right yeah and it's it seems to all be in one tool which is great uh, I, I mean ideally I'd love to do spend more time but there's not much <laughs> time yeah to spare. Yeah, it's um, very, very huge to be able to do a color correction and have that level of control. And that the color, the secondary color, hasn't been available for that long. Really, it's the last couple of big releases. I suppose the reality of the type of content that a lot of us is making is that there are lots of changes and modifications. So having a workflow to go out to full color to bring it back in. It, it makes sense to just stay in Premiere and, and use the tools that are available. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm still trying to get um, my head around the more recent Tidal um, Essential Graphics tool and uh, this it still seems to be a little bit restricted, I think, um, with centering and kind of layout. Uh but again, that's that's been a, a real um, bonus, and they seem to be moving that way. Um, so that's good. Yeah. So you've got experience with After Effects. Have mm. you uh, do? Have you tried doing some graphics and After Effects as a template and populating that to the Essential Graphics panel, and then changing out things like copy inside of Premiere? I have yet to have done that. Uh, I literally picked it up last week, so <laughs> I'm still playing, um, waiting for the next project, really, yeah, to, to start that. I'm thinking that um, it could be really nice to be able to do that for some interesting lower thirds and things like that where you have to change out a few. Yeah, definitely. It, you kind of go in and out and, and of... Um, I guess when you have such tight deadlines, um, I, I kind of I focus. I, I tend to get really, really taken up with Premiere, but uh, uh, then you have those kind of animation uh, title. I guess uh, what I'm trying to say is uh, the hype material, like the really short, fast ones. Then I, I. I would definitely spend a lot more time in After Effects and enjoy the luxury of making a really nice looking logo and, and you know, uh, I feel that that would be the appropriate sort of project. But when you've got such long um, <laughs> projects, some of our, you know, like I said, you know, 20 videos for a space of three months, um, generally prefer to stay in premiere at that stage it's i pick it based on the duration of the piece really i think yeah we're yeah. doing we're doing a very similar thing and it's it's interesting because um sometimes 
we we I just recently had a project where it started out in Premiere, then went to After Effects, and then you had to tweak the Premiere. <laughs> it's a little bit of a back and forth, and so sometimes you can, yeah, you kind of feel like, oh, am I doing it in the right program at the moment? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> Audio. Are you doing the mixing um, with the audio inside of Premiere or are you using Audition at all? Yes, so I would try to <laughs> I try to leave the, the post, the sound um, to the very last stage, but recently I found I've started doing it at the beginning I don't know why but I have <laughs> before I start cutting I'll I'll um, remove or tweak you know noise in audition uh, I, I do love the fact that you can undo quite easily and return to the original file so I don't worry as much as I used to about um, losing or losing the original audio once I've um, tweaked it and uh, since I've been using the kind of dynamic link between Audition and Premiere, I usually go into Audition and use um, uh, anything to do with removing hums, noise, trying to increase um, the you know the EQ, focus on a little bit of um, I guess there's the certain filters that can kind of improve the the voice, you know, makes the voice stand out just that little bit more so um i'm still learning but uh it's really just self-taught <laughs> yeah it seems very similar to color grading where a little bit goes a long way and if you if if you overdo it it can really affect it quite heavily definitely definitely i uh, I think I learned that the hard way early on. <laughs> now I'm very um, cautious. I do it bit by bit, yeah. And um, and I try to keep a record as well because sometimes I forget what I, what audio tweaks I might have done, and um, that can be a bit tricky too. <laughs> That's a really good approach of um, leaving yourself a breadcrumb trail back to yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whether it be screenshots or yeah, handwritten or yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> How really do you, good. Do you find yourself doing much audio? No, apart from this podcast. <laughs> yeah, of course, but I've been in your day to day at work. Yeah. No, um, luckily we do a little bit. We normally do guide reads and do rough mixes of to get timing and tempo, but most of it goes out to audio facilities for final mixing. Not within the same. Um, studio or it's completely separate? Not at the moment. It is it is separate. Um, so, yeah, we've got some really good relationships with a lot of uh, top studios around Auckland. So, Oh, great. Yeah. That's so nice. <laughs> Bit of a luxury. Yeah, yeah I was thinking that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but um, like like everything, um, is, it's more a, a as the tools are available and the, as people educate themselves more, um, I think that we do more and more in-house. It's just ensuring that that quality level remains high. Um, and so, yeah, um, it's it's like that with colour grading. We do a lot of colour correction now because the tools mm. are so available. When mm. it comes to a real, real dynamic colour grade, um, 
sometimes it is the post facilities that have a senior colorist that that's their full role that you want their eye and their aesthetic so we still have a lot of big projects that go to dedicated colorists it's the same as if you're looking for somebody who's a comedic editor with comedic timing that's not something that you can just naturally develop so yeah I think there's still very very much the role for the specialists in all of these areas oh for sure like you said yeah comedy editing is is very particular (laughs) it's it's so different (laughs) so how did you end up in this wonderful industry of ours what was your pathway into your role Oh, gosh, uh, that's a, always a long story, but I guess <laughs> from the beginning I was very interested in music videos and uh, I went off and did, uh, you know, my standard film studies and realised that I was still interested in a bit more abstract style um, editing and narratives. And so I went on and uh, did a little bit of AV tech for a while and then in the meantime, did animation at university at RMIT, and that was it was in the more of the art. It was a fine art course, so it was uh, very experimental. <laughs> uh, and uh, from there, I walked out and go, "Oh, how do I get a job? I don't, oh no, how will I do this?" And uh, went for a job interview, and they said, "Oh, could you?" Uh, do a title animation. We want these, you know, I want the scene where it zooms out and it's a, a house of text. And I thought, oh, I could do that. I, I guess I could do it. <laughs> and then I found myself doing corporate pieces all over the shop from working for uh, real estate to retail to education, uh, a lot of web-based content. Yeah. yeah. The content that you're making now is mostly used internally for the hospital and the staff, is it? Or is it also used externally? Mostly, yeah, mostly internal. Uh, that's just how that's how most education content is kind of controlled <coughs> and it's because it's always changing and, uh, you know, policies are always changing so they need to um, have that contained. And Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's so different about your role is that you're able to talk to the people who are consuming your content directly. How how does that influence it or has it had any influence on the way that you produce the work? Oh, it is um, so uh, useful when you're, (laughs) I guess, filming uh, often, having a content expert there and... uh, you know, there's pros and cons, but I mean, I would say most of it is beneficial because you um, show them a, an edit and they'll give you honest feedback and you can you have access to them as much as you want when it comes to feedback and you can tailor it to the audience and you are so much closer to the audience because they're, you know, working on it with you. And uh, we have, you know, processes to make sure that, like I mentioned before, the workshop processes which um, help the ideas kind of be contained (laughs) as such. But 
I, I really enjoy um, working with them and uh, of course because it's in a hospital environment it's everyone's very much motivated by um, helping the patient and um, yeah there's an overall we all have a, a common goal which is lovely yeah yeah it's um, a rewarding position to be in to be um, giving back to such a worthwhile uh, industry um, I think that sometimes those of us who are working in commercials or film and things like that it's um, it's not always um, as clear the benefits of what you're creating um, it's not as tangible because you can't see people using or experiencing the content that you're producing um, something that I really enjoyed on working at FCB was the the lowdown and the journal. The journal was um, a really long campaign, but it's also a website for helping um, with mental health and um, understanding and giving support through an online um, e-health experience. So seeing how beneficial that has been to people and how it's helped save lives that's just so powerful compared to other forms of work yeah definitely there's also another reason why I love the interview content and the documentary style in this environment is because we um it the people of the you know the audience for instance in this case you know nurses and doctors and whoever's medical watching this particular piece they see someone that they know um, being interviewed and that peer to peer um, uh, interaction is just uh, um, really useful like that you know I, of course I, I I would get so much more from um, hearing a expert that's uh, that I work with like like the whole reason I'm listening to a podcast because I, I want to hear it from people in my industry I don't I, I don't want to hear it from a I don't know a presenter of yeah. such you know it's yeah. really important I think. that's um a really good segue too it is so important I just wanted to also say that you are the first person I've had on the show who I um, haven't reached out to that you contacted me because you'd listened to the show and I was so stoked when you got in touch so thank you for that <laughs> yeah it was, it was pretty silly actually I I heard you say something I thought you said nab but you know a couple of times I'm like I listened to it over and over going did he say nab did he say nab and I'm like oh no and the terrible thing is I'm a Kiwi I'm a Kiwi by roots as well and I just couldn't hear it <laughs> It's crazy. Uh, my, yeah. my 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 uh, Kiwi accent not yeah. doing so well. So yeah, that was N A B. I think that's it's it's a little bit interesting that sometimes when talking um, about our work, you, it's really hard to remember what is uh, acronym or slang or jargon versus expanding upon it. So any other listeners that are out there and going, what is he on about? Get in touch, and I'll get you on the show as well because I'm, I love connecting with uh, listeners. So thank you, Lisa, for coming on after after um, getting in touch with me. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, it's um, it's a really cool community, I think, in Australasia. Are you involved with any other industry communities online at all as well? Yeah, I really enjoy the Melbourne Motion group that meet up at uh, Loop quite regularly. Uh, the, what's it called? DLF, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, digital... Sorry, give me a minute. Um, the email list, yep. It actually, it, it's you've been speaking a little bit recently about Node, so mm. I, I guess I've been watching that evolve and I go along to that quite regularly. Yeah, DLF um, group chats has been on my radar for some time and I really recommend anyone that's uh, interested in looking for visual effects or, you know, sort of animation jobs to get on that. Um, what else? Are you going to go to Node this year? Definitely, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot more accessible, I think, <laughs> to um, – it, it's – it definitely relates to the uh, creator, I guess. Yeah. It's going to be some great, great presentations. So excited about that. <laughs> well, we have to have a beer. Definitely, definitely. Yes. I'm going to um, take take a recorder and just sort of get everyone to do a little bit of a three-minute um, hi to the audience and what they enjoyed about Node over the the beers after the session because I think that there's such a variety of speakers and content that um, there's going to be something for everyone. Yeah, it's lots of fun. And now it's time for the Pro Video Packs. At the end of the show, we like to do a little section where we ask our guests um, our Pro Video Packs. So I would like to ask you, what is your Pro Video Pack for this week, Lisa? Uh, well, I mentioned it before. I, I think uh, Pluralize, if you have not tried it before, it's definitely worth the investment uh, for syncing your audio. <laughs> yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's like magic. It's, it does all the hard <laughs> lifting. Yeah. My pro video pick this week is Speedscriber. So if you're doing transcriptions... This has just came come out of beta. It's been in beta for a long time and it's... Um, and there's a few transcription services coming out that work with um, Premiere or Final Cut. This is made by Digital Heaven. They've made some pretty cool products over their time. Speedscriber, the reason I like it is that it's really affordable. So um, it's basically 50 cents per minute. Um, and it goes down in rate the more you buy. But it's the tool that it has to modify the transcriptions once it's made it because no transcription service is perfect, but it's really easy and intuitive to use the transcription um, tool to fix up, fix it up. And then it syncs back in with Premiere as well as Final Cut Pro X. So if you're doing a lot of transcription, it's really a, a, a good one to check out. I do say that um, I, we tried using it today actually and where audio is clean, it's like magic. But as soon as that audio is not very clear or you've got people talking over or it's a little bit of a jargon, it, it starts falling apart. So it really does depend on the audio, but that's going to happen with any um, automated transcription service. So that's Speedscraper for me. And Lisa, who are you following online? Uh, I am a big fan of... 
uh, May Ryan at the moment. She is a uh, photographer slash videographer, I guess, does documentary sort of material. I first discovered her on um, the Guardian website, actually, and she did a whole piece called uh, Vagina Dispatches, and she does great little documentary pieces. I, I just love um yeah, I love her skills. She she makes really beautiful looking content and it's really interesting. So, yeah. Cool. Excellent pick. Um, who I'm following online, my recommendation is Will Littlejohn. Will joined my team um, about, oh, about a month or so back now. It feels like a long time. Really enjoyed having him join my team as well as Will Brown. So it's a little bit confusing. So we've got LJ, <laughs> Will Littlejohn. And he's been doing some really cool 2D um, animations, walk cycles, character animations, and After Effects using rubber hose. He's posting them to Instagram and Vimeo, so I'll have those links. I just really love that 2D aesthetic and After Effects and um, really cool, funky animation in a walk cycle. A walk cycle is amazing because you can bring so much attitude and style to it depending on how you treat it. So shout out, Will. And Lisa, a video that you could share that has inspired you. What, what's your pick for this week? Uh, it's a, um, a guy called Tony Zoe. He has a wonderful Vimeo channel uh, that basically goes through uh, different editing techniques and styles and he breaks down some really great um, film directors and it's called I'll try and say it <laughs> Satoshi Kon uh, Editing Space and Time and it has some lovely um, I guess references of how manga um, animations have influenced transition styles and uh, com even comics comic books, you know, have yeah. had huge influences on the way we um, do transitions. So it's really interesting and you know, kind of fun to nerd out too. <laughs> awesome, awesome. We love to nerd out here, so excellent. <laughs> my, my inspirational video is a piece that I shared with the Pro Video Podcast Facebook group. I share a lot there, so I ask you all to join. That's like a really, really um, subtle hint, but <laughs> it's a VR piece. It's called um, from VRSCA, and it's a fashion designer using tilt brush to design a dress. And it's one of the cooler sort of videos that I've seen showing someone creating in in VR. And it, it yeah, I found it really inspiring because that's something that seems really obvious as a step is um, fashion design or m actually working with your hands in VR and sculpting. So, yeah, it's a really cool piece. Check that out in the link here. Even better, go and join the Facebook group. Just a little plug. <laughs> and finally, Lisa, where can we follow you online? Uh, I guess I'm on Instagram. And from Instagram, you can uh, link to my Vimeo channel so those are the two main spots really yeah awesome awesome i can be found um on twitter and instagram at blair walker and everywhere else on the internet search for pro video podcast got heaps of groups heaps of information 
a lot of um, conversations and really ask you guys to get in there, share, comment, feedback, and ultimately love to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm talking to you, the one listening right now. If you've got something to share, you work in the industry, I want I want to talk to you. So jump in like Lisa did. Just get in touch because it's so interesting to hear your story, Lisa, of like what you're producing and so many people wouldn't be aware that there's opportunities in the health sector, in learning, e-learning, to have such a powerful influence on creating content with so many cool opportunities that surround that. So thank you for sharing your story today. Thanks for having me. It's been great. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening and uh, we'll check you out next week. All right. Till then. Bye. Bye.